Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the third Sunday in Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Zephaniah. Shout for joy, daughter of Zion. Israel, shout aloud. Rejoice, exult with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has repealed your sentence. He has driven your enemies away. The Lord, the King of Israel, is in your midst. You have no more evil to fear. When the day comes, word will come to Jerusalem. Zion, have no fear. Do not let your hands fall limp. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult with joy over you. He will renew you by his love. He will dance with shouts of joy for you as on a day of festival. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Cry out with joy and gladness. For among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Truly, God is my salvation, I trust, I shall not fear. For the Lord is my strength, my song, He became my Saviour, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Give thanks to the Lord, give praise to His name. Make His mighty deeds known to the peoples. Declare the greatness of His name. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the Great and Holy One of Israel. Sing a psalm to the Lord, for He has done glorious deeds. Make them known to all the earth. People of Zion, sing and shout for joy, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and Holy One of Israel. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. I want you to be happy, always happy in the Lord. I repeat, What I want is your happiness. Let your tolerance be evident to everyone. The Lord is very near. There is no need to worry, but if there is anything you need, pray for it, asking God for it with prayer and thanksgiving, and that peace of God, which is so much greater than we can understand, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to bring good news to the poor. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. 
and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When all the people asked John, what must we do? He answered, if anyone has two tunics, he must share with the man who has none. And the one with something to eat must do the same. There were tax collectors too who came for baptism, and these said to him, Master, what must we do? He said to them, Exact no more than your rate. Some soldiers asked him in their turn, What about us? What must we do? He said to them, No intimidation, no extortion. Be content with your pay. A feeling of expectancy had grown among the people who were beginning to think that John might be the Christ. So John declared before them all, I baptise you with water, but someone is coming, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn in a fire that will never go out. As well as this, there were many other things he said to exhort the people and to announce the good news to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this Sunday is called Gaudete Sunday, or Rejoice Sunday. And the reason why is because we've hit the midpoint of our pilgrimage through Advent, uh, and the closeness of Christmas It's a cause for our joy. In fact, the word Gaudete comes from the entrance antiphon for this Sunday, which in Latin begins like this, Gaudete in Domino Semper, Iterum Dico, Gaudete. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. This is the Sunday when we light the pink candle of the Advent wreath, and the priest wears rose vestments. So the church is very clear on Gaudete Sunday that the advent of Christ is the cause of our great joy. So we rejoice at his birth in Bethlehem, and we await with expectant joy for his second coming. In a homily he preached during his first advent as Pope, Benedict XVI said this, Joy is the true gift of Christmas. Not the expensive gifts that call for time and money. No doubt in the hustle and bustle of the preparations for Christmas, it's easy to forget that fact. The encounter with Christ, that is the source of our joy. Zion, have no fear. Do not let your hands fall limp, says the prophet Zephaniah. The Lord your God is in your midst. The revelation that God is with us. The realisation that we're not on our own, blindly groping after some sort of meaning in a cold and callous world. That is the tremendous source of our joy. This is the joy of being Christian. Because we know that Christ is coming for us. That he is Emmanuel, God with us. Gaudete in Domino Semper, Iterum Dico Gaudete. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, I'm a bit on a Pope Benedict kick at the moment. Actually, I usually am. (laughs) But one of the quotes of his that I love particularly is this. He said, 
Many people perceive Christianity as something institutional rather than as an encounter with Christ, which explains why they don't see it as a source of joy. I suspect he's right on that point. Uh, And it's a bit of a prod to us as well, I suppose, because if we aren't experiencing this joy at being Christian, then perhaps God is inviting us to encounter Jesus once again, to meet this newborn child in the stable. Now, I told you I was on a Benedict kick. Uh, And his first homily that he preached as Pope in April 2005, I've quoted it before, but it's an invitation to throw open the doors to Christ. Now, it's a longish quote, but I'm going to read all of it because I can't bring myself to chop any bit out. (laughs) Here's what he said, his first homily once he'd been installed as the successor of Peter. If we let Christ enter fully into our lives, if we open ourselves totally to him, are we not afraid that he might take something away from us? Are we not perhaps afraid to give up something significant, something unique? something that makes life so beautiful? Do we not then risk ending up diminished and deprived of our freedom? No. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful and great. No, only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. And so today, with great strength and great conviction, on the basis of long personal experience of life, I say to you, do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and he gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open, open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. Amen. Go Pope Benedict. I love it. The encounter with Christ is the secret to true and lasting joy. But I'll tell you what I especially like about that quote. It's so personal. I mean, here's Benedict XVI, right? Joseph Ratzinger, one of the most incredibly accomplished and articulate theologians that the modern church has produced. And if there's anyone who can put together a powerful reason why Jesus is the source of our joy, if there's anyone who can put together an argument, it's him. And yet, what does he point towards? He points to his own personal experience. He says, after years of living this life, after years of living in this friendship with Jesus, I can tell you, he takes nothing away. And he gives everything. I think Joseph Ratzinger means what he says. That... Christianity, you know, so many people are turned off because they think it's something institutional or they think that it's something moral. Here's the list of rules. Here's the way of life. Here are the teachings and wisdom of Jesus. 
No, all of that's finally to miss the point. Because what's the Pope telling us? Not here's the teachings of Jesus, but here's Jesus. The source of our joy, finally, is him. Now, he comes as a teacher. He comes in order to bring wisdom. He also gives us a way of life. But none of that finally is at the centre. You can't finally distill the gospel down into a, into a neat little summary, a little handbook, and say, right, okay, this is the essence of Christianity, and if I just do this, then, then I'll be good. You'll have missed it. Because the cause of our joy is Jesus himself. There's this almost ecstatic tone that comes from the prophet Zephaniah. Listen again. Shout for joy, daughter of Zion. Israel, shout aloud. Rejoice, exult with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has repealed your sentence. He has driven your enemies away. The Lord, the King of Israel, is in your midst. You have no more evil to fear. There you go. God is with you. There's the cause of your joy. Jesus is among you. There is the reason to rejoice. Advent's a funny season though, you know. Our focus goes on God's presence, but also, strangely, his absence. He's coming. That's what Advent means, he's coming. Which means that he's still not quite here yet. Most definitely we can see that our Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem and that Jesus made the promise to his apostles, you know, behold, I will be with you always, even till the end of time. So there's an already quality here to the presence of Jesus. Yes, of course he's here. Of course he's present in the church. Of course he's present in the sacraments. Of course he's present in the scripture. Of course he's present in my heart. But there's also a not yet quality to it. Because we know that the presence of Christ, the presence of God in our midst, is something that is also still coming. That there's also still something left in me to encounter Jesus. So I guess that's Advent, right? A time to allow the Lord to enter more fully into my life, into my heart. To open myself up to that incredible and life-changing encounter with Jesus, which is the source of our joy. Something which is truly personal. It's not just an encounter with an idea. Not just an encounter with some wise advice. But with Jesus. There is the source of our faith and there is the source of our joy. Okay, so Pope Benedict is telling us that we've got to open wide the doors to Christ, to this personal experience with him. This life-changing encounter with him. Advent is telling us that, you know what, there's something more. There's something more to his presence which is still to come. How do we... Open ourselves to this. How do we truly respond to the great commandment of 
this Sunday, which is rejoice. How do I meet Jesus? You know what? I think, first of all, it's important to be kind of honest. I think so often, especially for us cradle Catholics, we might have gone through our whole spiritual lives with a really strong intellectual conviction and faith, but perhaps not a very powerful encounter with the person of Jesus. It all makes sense and it all stacks up and I believe it. But I believe much more about Jesus than the Lord himself. The Advent season reminds us that, you know what, there is still something about the absence of Jesus because he's coming. His presence is coming. And so this season is all about throwing open wide the doors to Christ and giving him the capacity to enter. So I would say if we're looking for a deeper and more personal encounter with Jesus, the first place we've got to start is personal prayer. Now, not just the multiplication of vocal prayer, you know, the repetition of words. No, the kind of prayer which is deeply personal, which is the opening of the doors to Christ, the opening of our hearts to the coming of Jesus. Now, the other thing I would say is that when we do engage in this kind of prayer, remember that we're opening ourselves up to Christ, who is a someone and not a something. He's not someone who responds to our summons. All right, Lord, I'm praying. Now's the time when you turn up. Now's the time when you come. No, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) The Lord will come in his time and we need to wait. So if you find yourself sitting in the absence of Jesus, that your prayer is dry or difficult or you find yourself distracted, Don't get discouraged. You're dealing with someone who is coming. He comes in his time. He comes at the right time. Sit with this absence and long for his presence. And I'll guarantee you this. Putting together this time of prayer, if it really becomes consistent, a daily habit, it starts to shape our heart. Lord, I want you to arrive. I want you to come. I've opened up my heart so that it may receive you. But Lord, I can't manufacture an encounter with you. You need to come. So at this midpoint of Advent, wait. In a whole new way, Let's turn our attention to the Lord, especially when we feel his absence, and let us long for his presence. And then, indeed, we'll be in the right spirit of Advent, because when the Lord is born into our hearts, when his presence is made manifest in our personal lives, when we really open wide our hearts to Christ, and he comes... Well then, we will indeed rejoice. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.